This episode of the Be Real podcast is brought to you by Amina Altai Coaching. Amina Altai is a leadership and mindset coach to high achieving women who are ready to take their work and lives to the next level. She helps you break free of people pleasing, perfectionism, and poverty mindset to claim your purpose, find peace, power, and prosperity. She has been called the fairy godmother of careers. She is an expert in residence for Entrepreneur Magazine. She has shared her wisdom in goop.com, NBC, and more. If you're ready to connect to your purpose, release perfectionism, and free yourself of imposter syndrome, use the code BEREAL, a value of $150, and schedule your free clarity call with Amina. Email Haley at AminaAltai.com to schedule your session today. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch, and get real. Hi, and welcome back to Be Real. It's me, Diana Gasparini. And just in like the last week's episode, I'm alone today. No co-host. She took a little break. It's okay. Everybody deserves a break. I'm not going to hold it against her. She's going to come back and then maybe I'm going to take a break. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm not alone. I'm not just going to sit here and chit chat by myself. Today, our guest is Michelle Quay and I'm going to let her jump in, let her tell you all about who she is. So Michelle, welcome. Hi, Diana. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. You're so bubbly it's so nice <laughs> it's like nine o'clock here in california and i'm like I, I was telling diana how i'm this very high highly engaging energetic perfect person in the morning i get up five o'clock full loaded with energy and they're like do you still need coffee yeah, yeah i do okay. yes i do and does it end like does it crash by like five or are you like still awake <laughs> i'm still awake like i can carry through and power through till 10 o'clock at night and not a problem. I can operate 12 hours, not a, yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna, I'm gonna get your diet and all of the supplements you take after the show. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are um, and how it all started. Just let, let's start with the business. 
<laughs> All right. So I am a visibility confidence coach, and I actually just rebranded to really define who I am uh, this year.、Mm -hmm. I was doing confidence coaching for a very long time when I first started out my business in 2018, and I noticed that over the last three years, what I'm really good at is getting out there, getting my story heard, and I have no fear, no fear. Period. Well, I do have fear, but it's like the silly fear. Like、so I. <laughs> no roaches. Okay, I freak yeah, out on roaches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's、uh, that's amazing. Tell us your story. Yeah, so I am an immigrant. I live currently in Los Angeles, California.、Uh, I went to school in New York. I graduated with my doctor's of pharmacy in New York, and I was there for fifteen years. But prior to that, I came from Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan. My family immigrated out here when I was 15.、Uh, my story began when I was 11 years old, and one day I was crossing the street, and out of nowhere, by the time I reached to the middle of the street, I noticed there's a lot of chaos around me, and my friends were shouting. Everything was just a mess around me. The next thing I knew, I was waking up in the hospital bed. And, oh my god! And going back, people, I, you know, people start filling me with information, and my mom started to tell me, "Oh, this is what happened." She said, "You know, one of the taxi came towards you. You didn't see it, and you were, you got caught in the middle of the street, and here you are, you're in the hospital." So a lot of those details, information about how I got there, came from someone else's, like a, a witness perspective, my friend's perspective, and for me, I don't remember any of it. And and I really I'm really grateful for how the universe works.、Um, it works such a such a beautiful way that some of the traumatic memory we just kind of blocked it out. And there's probably a good reason for us to block it out because it was so traumatic. Yeah. So growing up, I don't remember how I fell down, how I got to the hospital, but I know that following the accident, that four years of time, I spent a lot of time going in and out of hospital, doing rehab, multiple surgeries. So I counted, there's about eleven scars on on both of my leg, and right now, <laughs> yeah. Right now, the listening listener can't see me, but if I were to stand up, I, you know, I'm like probably the same height as if I were sitting. So I'm four feet four inches tall. I、oh, walk. Not tall. <laughs> not <laughs> no, tall. Not tall. Not tall. Okay. <laughs> not tall at all. And I walk with crutches. My left leg is crooked. So every time I go shop for pants, I have always had to bring it home and trim it down. So there's not a single pants that I have not altered. There's not a pair of single shoes that that was not um, um, modified. So my left leg is shorter, about one and a half inches shorter than my right. So before I started to use crutches, I was walking, but when I walk, I look like a wobbly penguin. Oh, right, because off. Yep, because it's off. And so you can imagine when I go to school,、uh, kids would be turning, they're looking at me. Why is she walking this way? And they would just be very curious about what what's wrong with me.、Mm -hmm. And I remember even going into college, I started to use pick up two crutches because my back was hurting. I I can no longer walk long distance. So when I start doing that, there's adults who would catch me on the on the street, and they would come up to me and say. What's wrong with you? They would just be curious and ask, "What's wrong with you?" Oh no! 
So that, <laughs> exactly. So that idea of what is wrong with me start to sinking in. Like, yeah. So I start asking myself, what is wrong with me? Why am I different? Why am I even here? What is my purpose here? Like, why do I even exist? As I get into graduate school, I start to question my existence. I was looking for that self-identity. I was looking for a purpose in life. I was trying to find out, like, exactly where do I fit in? Because I feel, I always felt that I was an outsider, just like an immigrant to any country. I felt like I didn't belong anywhere. And that's... That was debilitating. It was not very inspiring. And of course, that led to a lot of emotional and mental roller coasters where when I started to get into relationship, it really comes up. It really starts to surface. And I asked myself, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask for any of this. It wasn't right. my choice. But here I am. How do I, how do I move forward? And during that period of time, it was in my uh, graduate school. After graduate school, I applied for a pharmacy job. And every time I go to a job interview, that's the first impression is always what people look for. What they see is a short woman, very young. Can I trust her? Can I get to know her? Can I trust her with the responsibility she's going to do? And one of the stories that I have is that um, I, as soon as I graduated from college, I remember I applied for a job at Boeing, seven, uh, Boeing Company. Sure. And, and the Boeing company, you know, these are, are big men. They're, they're tall, they're big, they're in the engineering space. And there I was walking into the office, you know, very petite, very small. And I was applying for a management position. And I'm supposed to. Girl, that's, I love the confidence. Of course you were. A lack of confidence. So, so I didn't have a whole lot of confidence back then. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking. That was oh just dormant confidence. <laughs> waiting to come up. I love it. I'm thinking, how am I ever going to be able to manage these people? And I still had that mentality of, oh, I'm going to have to manage them. I have to direct them. I have to give them direction. How am I supposed to do that with, you know, me being this way? So there's not a whole lot of confidence uh, back then. I think what changed was I always refer to, you know, how we live our life. And suddenly you went to the bottom, bottom of everything else. And there's no, you feel like there's no way out. You start to yep. think about, all right, so what can I do to bounce back? And I was at the lowest point of my life where in the middle of the night, I would just wake up and crying for no reason. And I like, sometimes I even wish that I can chop off my uh, legs, maybe install a new pair one, like kind of like a sci-fi movie kind mm -hmm. of deal where I can just uninstall it, install a new pair. I would be perfect. Life would be perfect. And that's the mentality I had every single day, but I lived it for 29 years. When I was 40, I realized this is not the way I, I want to live anymore. I don't want to wake up every single day feeling exhausted, feeling tired, feeling uninspired, and just wishing that I never exist. This is not the life I want, so what do I want to do next? So when I asked myself that question, the first thing that came to my mind was, all right, so here I am, I'm stuck with this body. What am I going to do with it? And yeah. the first thing that came to my mind was, well, if, you know, maybe I can do a little bit of a movement, maybe uh, do a little bit of light exercise, yoga. You know, I was already signing up to yoga at that time. So maybe I can do more yoga, more movement. So I went out to uh, buy a, an exercise ball. I brought one of those exercise balls uh, back. 
And I said, okay, let me just try it out. So I sat on it. I would start rolling back and forth and <laughs> kind of get myself into the shape. Uh, even though round is a shape too, no deny, <laughs> no denying that. <laughs> no denying, right. But, but I was trying to get into a shape. And so that started to happen for about two weeks. After the two weeks, I wanted to step out and do something bigger. All right. So the bigger <laughs> means that I'm going to, for the very first time, I'm going to sign up to a gym. I'm going to walk in. I don't care how people are going to look at me. You know, they, they can look at me all they want, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to sign up. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to clean That's up my right. diet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to clean up my diet and I'm just going to do it. So I walked into the gym. I walked mm -hmm. into the gym. I didn't know. I was so intimidated by all these equipment that's around me. I never use a treadmill because I don't know how I'm going to uh, maneuver these crutches and the equipment. So then I signed up and my goal was to just know how to use a treadmill. So I went and I spoke to one of the uh, uh, personal trainer. I said, listen, I need help. And this is yep. what I need you to help me. I need you to show me how to use a treadmill. And in addition to that, I also need you to tell me how, it, like, if you're willing to work with me, you know, let's work together. I need to get in shape. And so we start working. We start working uh, for about a year. And my friends at that time were like all coming back from a, a, the trip of their dream. They said, oh, you know, you got to go hike uh, in Machu Picchu. You got to go to Peru. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's spiritual. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there and thinking, how am I ever going to be able to do that? I walk with crutches and I heard that Machu Picchu hike is really difficult, very challenging. And I, I always encourage people to dream big right? Don't just dream. You, you want to dream big. You want to be bold. Um, so what I'm telling you, I'm changing all of my dreams just after the beginning of this story. So go ahead. Apparently I'm not dreaming big enough. Let's go. Dream big. <laughs> I'm riveted. <laughs> yeah. So I was dreaming big and I, I came back to the gym. And I spoke to my personal trainer. I said, Hey, listen, you know, I have this uh, goal now and I want to hike. He's like, oh, great. Let's go hike. Where do you want to go hike? Is it like this mountain over here? I'm like, heck no. I want to go to uh, Peru. <laughs> I want to oh, go to Peru. The, I'm going to practice on this little thing outside my window. That's just practice. It's a warm up. We're going Machu Picchu, man. I love it. Yep. And, and it's funny because I actually got one of the license plate. And the license plate, my warm up is your workout. And I have that right there. On my license plate. I kind of think your warm up is that <laughs> your warm up is my workout. I've, I'm I'm kind of I kind of think that's true. But <laughs> so so he said, okay, so where do you want to hike, Michelle? I said, well, I think I'm gonna go to Machu Picchu. So his jaw dropped and his eye wide open. He said, where where do you want to go? I said Machu Picchu. You know Machu Picchu in Peru, Cusco. And he said, well, I heard that people die and people couldn't make it because it's high altitude and it takes a long time to get there. How are you supposed to get there? I said, I smile and I said, well, this is why I have you, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how are we going to do it? Let's do it. Exactly. So ever since then, I've been uh, hiking. I, I started to hike every week. I would put on my day pack. And the first time I did the practice hill out here, out my window, I went onto the hike without telling anybody because I'd never done it before. And I didn't want people to know or judge 
that if I'm unable to complete the height, just even the baby height. So I, I kept the secret, kept it quiet. And then when I came down completing the hike, it was about eight miles or yeah, eight miles total. I came back on my way back and I was looking down the cliff and I, I realized that how stupid I was not telling anybody that I went on a hike. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't there. <laughs> but I was, my thought was, you got go, to go, come down. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. You didn't tell a soul. All right. I, I didn't tell a soul. And if I were to die on that mountain, on that baby hike, no one would know. No one would know anything about it. Nope. And then that was the time I realized that for the longest time, I never asked for help. I never asked for help. Even when I most needed, I yeah. felt I just need to power through. I need to be strong. I need to let people know and let my family know that you know, even though accident had happened to me, it's okay. I can power this through and I can, I can be strong. I can be brave. But the truth is I'm a human being and I want support. I want to be loved. I want to be seen. I want to be pampered and loved. Mm -hmm. But it was challenging and it was a big realization for me to realize that, you know, a lot of time we, we put up this mask we put up this um under disguise to to create this image of who we are who we want to be and who we who we earn to become mm -hmm. but then not realizing what is really the the deep desire that we have i want to be loved yeah i want to be seen mm -hmm. and so that trip ever since that day i started to learn to ask for help when I need help, I'm going to ask for help. When I go to the grocery store, I can't reach the stuff on the, on the shelf. I'm going to ask for help. And it has, nothing right. to do, it has nothing to do with being embarrassed by anything. It has to do with, this is where I'm at. And if I can't get it, I need your support to help me to get it. And, and that's the beauty of having, being in a society, being in a humanity where each one of us will bring in gifts and contribution to make this place a better place to be by supporting each other. So that was my number one big realization of I got to start asking for help and just be real about my emotion, about what is it I'm going through, my struggles, and just say it. There's nothing to be ashamed about it. Yeah. So <laughs> Did you make it, obviously you made it down the mountain. <laughs> yep. I, I made it down. <laughs> Yeah, obviously you made it down. By the way, I'm buy I'm already buying tickets to this movie. Go ahead. <laughs> Please. I'm already. I'm like, I'm at the premiere. I'm picking out my dress. Let's I, I, I need more. Go ahead. So when when I finally uh, booked myself the ticket to fly to Peru, I flew myself in five days before the actual hike. Because I, you know, it's a high altitude place. It's uh, just Cusco. It's 8,000 feet above sea level. So people start experiencing the high altitude syndrome, you, your shortness of breath, you start to um, feeling more tired. So I wanted to acclimate to that high altitude. And of course, you know, two days before the hike, I came down with a stomach flu. Uh, I was so enjoying the environment, new culture. I was trying to eat all the, uh, all the delicate. <laughs> Like, all the awesome, food that they don't yeah. have in LA. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, no. And like one of the things I miss the most is their pisco sour. It's a very special uh, Peruvian 
cocktail that oh my gosh it's like sweet sour oh, everything in combination we're, we're so great such, we're gonna be such good friends i'm so glad that what you miss is the cocktails <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I came home uh, from Peru, I kept asking people, hey, where can I get this? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to make this little one at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I came down with a stomach flu two days before the hike. It was so bad that I remember I was waking up in the middle of the night and I went there by myself. So I was just in the hotel, checking in, checking out. And I, I mean, that, one that in itself is huge. Like taking the the trip alone, single woman going, I mean, just check, <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out in the hotel room. Forget about hiking Machu Picchu, like getting there and just doing that. Oh, okay. heck no. No, no, no. I went there for a, a reason. And that yeah, was no, so you were, you were a girl with a mission. I hear it. I was so determined to get it done, get it checked off. Machu Picchu checked. Check. Okay. <laughs> so, so I was there, um, I was feeling sick and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, is this the way to die? Like, I didn't come this far to die this way, die of a stomach flu. I wanted to be able to die up there in Machu Picchu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if I came this far, that's where I'm dying. I get it. Exactly. So then, so then I, that same night I called the concierge. The concierge helped me check into a local hospital, went to the hospital, stayed overnight, got two, uh, flu, two liters of fluid in me. And I, so I was carrying a lot of water weight by the time I get to the hike. But even before that, I remember calling my sister from the hospital and I told her, Hey, you know, listen, I came down with stomach flu. Um, I, I checked into the hospital and here I am, I'm calling you from the hospital. And she goes, Michelle, you need to get your back here. Oh yeah. She told you to get you behind back home and you were yeah. like, no. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's what it, she should have said, come home. And you're like, absolutely not, I'm not coming home. Okay. <laughs> so we went on to the hike. And I, I told my doctor, you know, listen, I came to your country because this is my mission. I want to get this checked off. So you, what you're going to do is you're going to sign the release form. You're going to discharge me so that I can be on that hike. And yeah, so he signed, she signed it. And there I am at the beginning of the trail, ready to conquer this Machu Picchu. Again, that confidence at Boeing was just dormant. Look at, this is amazing. <laughs> the first day, the first day on that hike, I was really struggling. I had two crutches and the, the ring of the arm crutch, it was rubbing against my arm. Mm -hmm. And so each time I walked, it was rubbing against it, creating a lot of friction. So it started to hurt. So what end up, um, I end up wrapping it around with a, uh, a gauze that yep. the two liter had carried. So I wrapped both of them. And so the whole entire trip with the, all the pictures that you see, there's like these uh, gauze that just wrap around my crutches and I was just walking. First day I was walking, it took me about 10 hours to complete the whole entire day. I barely made it to lunch. I barely made it to dinner. And finally, uh, at the end of the day, um, after dinner, the tool leader, the tool guy who is leading the tool, he sat me down and he said, Michelle, to have a talk. 
And usually after the first day, you know, they decide like who are the people who's going to be very, who's not going to make it and those who will make it. And I belong to the part where he doesn't believe that I was going to make it. Right. So he sat me down and we had a, we had a talk. He said, well, you were really slow. You were continuing to struggle. Uh, Here, here's your deal. You have two choices. You can turn around and go back or you can, if you want, you know, you're going to have to try harder to on, your, on, on our second date because our second date is the longest trail. And I was sitting there, I almost broke down in tears. And I'm thinking, I came this far. I didn't prepare to go home. I was not no. prepared to go home. And so in that moment, I had to come up with a decision. Do I want to continue this and just keep pushing it? Or do I, do I take on that offer and just turn around and go home? And at that point, going, turning around and going home was not an option, period. It was not an option. And I was telling myself, you know, either I die up here or I finish this trail no matter what. And so I chose the second option. I chose to continue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, chose to continue. I mean, I love, all right. We're, we're, <laughs> I am dying to hear how you got to the top of this mountain. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Because we did, we have a little spoiler. We know you didn't die. So we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back. We now know that mental health is equally as important as physical health. That's why Be Well Psychotherapy has created a space for personalized pathways designed to fully support your particular journey of being human. We provide both in-person and virtual sessions where clients can make real, authentic professional relationships with a therapist in real time. We ensure our clients feel completely secure regardless of their mental health concerns. The first step is understanding the benefits of therapy and next is finding a resource that can speak to your specific goals and needs. Our diverse all-female staff serves 500 patients monthly and are dedicated to fostering growth and change in each session. With offices in Midtown Manhattan and Hoboken, New Jersey, we are here to make sure that everyone has easy access to the best of mental wellness on their own terms. Because maintaining good mental health is something we all need to be doing for our overall wellness and real growth. So book an appointment today at BeWellPsychotherapy.com. And we're back and we're on the second day. (laughs) We've made it to the second day. We've taken the challenge. We're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going home. I'm definitely not dying up here. So I'm going to finish. Yep. So on to the second day, which is the longest day of the whole entire four, four day trail on the Inca trail. And so the, the midpoint or the highest point is a, a place where it, they called it the Dead Women's Pass. I wonder why they called it Dead Women's Pass. Oh, that's a terrible name. Isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe when we're, re- when we're done with, at the end of the episode, we can like write to them and see if we can help them with some rebranding. For sure, for sure. Okay. But, but I kind of figured, you know, I mean, you and I can rebrand Machu Picchu. We'll see what happens. Go ahead. So we're we're dead women's pass. Okay. You- yep. So the dead women's pass is at fourteen thousand 
uh, feet above sea level. So it's really high altitude. And everything on day two, it's all ascending and it's becoming more rocky and you don't have a lot of shade as you're hiking through. So the whole entire time, you're either getting very hot or you're getting very cold. So this is me with my day pack on, on my back, two crutches. And every time I hike to a place where it's cold, I got to put my crutches down, put on my jacket, pick up my crutches again, and move forward. And if it's too hot, I got to take it off again. So I got to repeat the process throughout the whole entire 10 hours of the hike. And then this hike becomes more challenging where there's a lot of rock, there's a lot of steps, there's a lot of uh, stairs that you would have to climb. And climbing these stairs involve um, their gigantic stones that somehow miraculously just appear up in the uh, Inca ruins. And these stones about, they're, they're huge, they're gigantic. So as you recall, I'm four feet four inches tall. So a lot of yeah, these no, steps. I, I, there's nothing about what you've told me so far that I have forgotten. I am, you are not five feet tall. You are four <laughs> feet, four inches tall. You are walking with crutches and you are currently, like I am riveted to this movie. You are at 14,000 altitude above, I'm going to say that wrong, feet above sea level. You can barely breathe. I, and as an able-bodied person, I'm like, I can't, I was like, it. Just, I'm in awe <laughs> of your stamina, of your confidence, of the just the extreme, like the mindset to do it. Like you didn't change your mind and like, what a gift you are. Okay. Come on. I'm in. I so, did. I so just got, we, I just went and got popcorn and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just imagine these steps are huge and my legs are short. So the way for me to climb up to the next stair, I have to put my crutches down on the next step, get down to my feet and hands and start crawling up for each steps and pick up my crutches and move again. So I climb probably over thousands, 14,000, no, 40,000. According to my Fitbit, I, I walked about 40,000 oh steps I, I love every single day. The, that you had the Fitbit on too. So we know how many steps. So we have 40,000 <laughs> steps. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. So like in the middle of the day, when I have a reception, my Fitbit would start buzzing because, oh, you made it. You made it a thousand steps, 10,000 steps. Perfect. Yeah. And they're, they're like, get up and stretch. <laughs> right. It's sending a reminder, get up and stretch. No, I got this. I'm so I got it. I got it. We just were out of cell service. Go ahead. Yeah. So I keep I keep tracking how much, how much steps and how many stairs I climb. And, uh, you know, if, if you use Fitbit, it actually gives you these badges. So I earned all my lifetime badges. During I was just going to say, <laughs> you earned all of mine too. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you earn all your badges just in four days. Um, so when I, I, on that trip, I kept asking because I was just getting exhausted and the heat and the cold, it just in a combination, a really bad combination. I felt nauseous because of the high altitude syndrome. Sure. So I kept asking the guy who was walking with me to make sure I'm not lost. I kept asking him how, how, how far away, how far away. So he would keep lying to me. He said, a hundred feet, a hundred feet. 
And like for me, I'm a very visual person. I need to see something in order to understand and comprehend. So for me to, it's hard to imagine what a hundred feet looks like. So I kept believing in him. A hundred feet. Okay, just just a few more steps. Just a few more steps. So I, I hope you came home and measured a hundred feet because. <laughs> It's not that far. Go ahead. <laughs> so I kept asking myself, do I, do I still want to do this? Is this even worth it? Why am I doing this? So the whole entire time I was really focused. And I think earlier you had said something about um, you're very determined, you, you got here. And that was one of the lessons I have learned. Determination, dedication, and discipline. Those are the three things that you need in order to accomplish any goals that you have. If you're not determined to do it, you're gonna give yourself a lot of different reasons to, to quit. If you're not dedicated enough, then there's so many things, so many distractions that's gonna come up in our life. It's gonna take you away from your de dedication. And if you're not disciplined enough, you're gonna quit on day one when you are given an option to go back. So those are the three things that I've learned, determination, dedication, and discipline. And that's what powered me through up until taking the last 100 feet. And wow. when, I saw, when I saw people standing uh, next to the sign uh, on the dead women's pass at, with the sign 14,000 uh, feet above sea level, I broke down in tears. It wasn't yes. even like... <laughs> I mean, I'm crying. I'm in the movie. I'm crying. I'm so excited. I'm like thrilled that this is where you've gotten. I love everything about it. I broke down in tears. Finally, I made it. And from that point on, it becomes easier because knowing that I can do the hardest day. Yeah. It was just a miracle to me. It was just a miracle. But and I, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's really like, it's beautiful. From that point on, it, most of, most of uh, the trip on day three and day four, they're less challenging because the distance is not as long. Uh, there's not a whole lot of up ascending climbs. It's mostly descending climb. So at this point, we reach to the highest point and then moving down to uh, 8,000 feet uh, above sea level. That's where Machu Picchu is. So it becomes easier because for some reason I find, I, I guess because I'm walking with crutches, so it's easier to go down than to go up. Going up involves a lot of push-up. Going down involves still a lot of push-up, but it's the less, it, it doesn't feel as physically challenged as going mm -hmm. up. So oh, I was thinking the opposite. Um, that's okay. I, okay, good. I like, I, I like going up. down rather than going up. <laughs> yeah. So day three was easier, and day four, finally, we got to the um, entry point of Machu Picchu, and we had to wake up early in the morning. So three o'clock in the morning, not a problem for me. Just, I was just going to say, just a regular day. <laughs> yeah, just another day. <laughs> so woke up three o'clock and getting ready to uh, take the last uh, 50 steps of, to Machu Picchu. And I remember by the time I reached to the last 50 steps, uh, the Peruvian called it OMG steps. Um, they call it OMG step because when you look up at the OMG steps, you're going to say, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you look up and it's, uh, it's very steep. It's about more than 60 degrees angle. I was looking, looking back at one of the documentary film that I had, um, and it looks like it's more than, more than 60, 65 degrees angle. So, which means that the steps are really small. 
and it's really steep. So in order for me to safely climb up to the stairs, I would have to somehow figure out where to land my crutches, where to land my feet. So I decided as I'm looking at the OMG steps, I'm gonna take my backpack to my two liter, give my crutches to the two liter. And I told him, go meet me up there. So he went up, like he went up like in two minutes. <laughs> Here's me down at the bottom, got down to my knees and hand, I start crawl up to the last 50 steps of the, of the Machu Picchu. And when I finished, when I got to the top, he gave me my crutches, walking to Machu Picchu, the sun gate where people are gathering together. They're looking at the sunset, although that day was kind of cloudy. So I, I think all of us, not, not just me, we missed the whole sunset, sun, sunrise. And so I walked in, all the tours, all the, all the people from all over the world, they stood up and they were cheering me on. Like, oh, I, I, I mean... I, I want to hug you right now. This is amazing. Yeah. So I walked in, everyone stood up. One of the guy, um, I think he's from Canada. He had a pin. He came, came up to me and he gave me a pin. He said, you're honorary Canadian. <laughs> I still have a oh, pin. Oh, look, and you got a new passport too. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I got a new passport. <laughs> Going to Canada next. Um, so... I got the pin and I broke down in tears because I have never dreamed ever doing this. And I have never believed that this is something that I can do. Cause I always thought, who am I? Like really, I'm, I'm just a nobody. I'm a very typical ordinary woman or girl, very small, no, very pretty. No, no, you are not. <laughs> No, and I did. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> for the very, for the very long time, that's how I always believe women look certain way. They act in certain way. They're beautiful. I, I open up the Instagram. I look at, look at social media. I look at the magazine. I look at the people around me. No one looks this way. And who am I to think that I can do things? Like, this is not where I belong. And so I always wanted to fit in, to be normal to be seen normal. And I was always shy or thinking that people's gonna think very differently about me or I'm, I'm afraid that people would judge me. But then on that day, I realized that I came to this planet. I am here because I make a difference. I can make a contribution. So when I, when I had that realization, I said to myself, okay, Michelle, this is your body you're stuck in. Nothing we can do about that. But you are so much more than just this body. What do you want to do next? I, I decided. I'm so, glad it is. I'm so glad it's what you're doing now. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell yes. Go on. Sorry. So I decided, okay, so my purpose here is to inspire. My purpose is to inspire others. And I don't want to just leave them feeling inspired. I want to give them actual tools and inspire them to take actions. I want them to do exactly what I did, whether it's conquering Machu Picchu or doing just getting up in the morning and say, you know, I am successful because I woke up. Just doing small things that they feel that they exist, they belong, they are here for a reason and they can be impactful. That was my biggest aha moment. Oh, Michelle, there's something that you can do with your existence. 
I came home with that realization and that's why I started my company. And that is why I'm doing, I'm like really super passionate about helping others to shine because I believe that every single one of us are gifted. We we're gifted in the way that there's so many things that we can contribute using this body as a vehicle to do things. And that's a beautiful things. So I, I have so many feelings right now. And the biggest one is humbled and such an honor to have been able to sit live and hear your story. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by your compassion and for humanity and for yourself and the gift that you are bringing into the world that came as a result of like this, this climb of my, I I just, I, we are, the world is the, the world is so fortunate that you are here. I, I I mean, I, I might have to sign up for your coaching right now. Um, So can you tell just, Tell us the name of your company, what your offerings are, what it, and what it's like to work with you. Cause I can tell you what it's like to be in your presence and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my company's name is Elevate Life Coaching and mm-hmm. I'm currently helping women coaches and entrepreneurs to tell their stories, tell their stories in such a way with confidence, with courage so that they can go out there, get seen, get hurt and get hired. And the reason why, why I'm doing that is because I don't believe that I am, I am here in this planet alone. And I need everybody's help. I need every single one of you to go out there, start spreading your gift, your talent, so that someone in your audience is going to be so empowered, so inspired that they want to make a difference. So I believe that, you know, this influence this impact is really contagious if the inspiration can come from me to inspire one person in the audience then that one person is going to inspire another person and it's kind of like a ripple effect that you just continue to grow because i am one person i don't want to do it all so i want to help that one person to be out there so that they can tell their stories to make an impact in this planet and that's who I'm helping. And I have a couple of things that I'm doing. So I have a coaching business as, as well as a speaking business. So I also do motivational speaking. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Um, so you have a, what do you have coming up? Tell, uh, tell the listeners what you have coming up. Yeah, I have a five-day Brave Your Brand Challenge. And this is for anyone who is a speaker business owner who's trying to get their brand established, having that online presence, but they're struggling with telling their stories. So there's a lot of us who are not sure who our audience is, what is our niche, where is our people, where is my tribe? So this is a challenge where I help people to craft their stories so that they can start telling about it. They can actually be brave and show up on social media, on virtual, in person, start telling people who you are so that they can get to know you, trust you and like you and eventually hire you. Amazing. Um, And we can find you on all the platforms. Correct. So look up Michelle Quay, you'll be able to find me, or you can just go visit my website, elevatelifecoaching.org. 
I love it. Okay. And all of that information will also be in the show notes and will be um, on our social media when we post this episode on our social media. And we are so lucky that we could have this time with you. What a blessing. I'm so You're amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear your, like your story is incredible. I love your story. I can't wait for people to hear more of your story and work with you. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, and we, um, we have to stop here. So this is the time again, I said this in the last episode where Anisha normally chimes in and tells me how to end the episode. I don't really know what to say. No, I'm kidding. So we're like, stay safe, wash your hands, continue to stay six feet apart. Cause you know, people are still getting sick. Y'all COVID's still a thing and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.